Welcome back to the Mackinac on Michigan show brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. And I'm Jared Scora. And uh, we've been following this issue for quite some time. I think we did a segment on it maybe a year ago, but it is an incredibly important one. It's one where if you fail to pay your taxes, your property taxes, and maybe it's just in some of these lawsuits we're going to talk about a hundred bucks or so, the county can come in, take your home, sell it, and keep all of the money, except a court just ruled that they can't anymore. There's a few lawsuits out there right now, and we've got Dirk Wilcox on the line from the Mackinac Center's Legal Foundation to tell us all about it. Dirk, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here. The Michigan Court of Appeals just issued a ruling on this. Can you talk a little bit about what that ruling is uh, first before we get into some of these other cases? Sure, absolutely. But I should actually go back to the beginning because the first one, the one that was just decided, was a twist on what had been going on before. Mm-hmm. And as as you correctly noted, what had been happening is that the uh, government, local governments were foreclosing on property to pay a property tax debt. And in one particular case called Rafaeli, the tax debt was actually less than $10. Wow. And then they tacked on about $280 interest fees and penalties and then sold the property for about 25000 at auction. Took the guy's this home case, from him. It's important people understand. They, they literally just took his home from him. Correct. You're, you are, you know, if you were living there, foreclosed on, uh, out you go. And so back in July of 2020, uh, the Michigan Supreme Court said that won't fly. The property owners have a property right and interest in the surplus of proceeds because it is the equity of the property, and you have to return it to them. And that was based on our Michigan Constitution, which uh, encompasses all the property rights that the common law had, and you can't just overcome that with legislation, which is what we had done with the foreclosure laws. Hmm. Now, Rafaeli. Uh, spawned a lot of additional questions, such as, was it retroactive? And our our Court of Appeals determined that it is, at least to the extent that cases that had already been filed. If you were in the pipeline when Rafaeli was, ha- was handed down, you get to proceed and you get to get your surplus equity back. Hmm. So, yeah, so <laughs> just so we understand this, so the it, Michigan tried to set up what all states do, which a process that uh, on the makes sense, which is, you know, if somebody has a house they they can't pay the property ta- they don't pay the property taxes they can't whatever um, eventually they're gonna lose that property and it's it's gonna go to the bank or so in this case you have local governments taking it over but the issue being that they were deciding was all right so one how stringent is that process I mean obviously you can't miss one payment and they they take it over mm-hmm. um, and sure. you know I, I believe in these cases you had where, where people weren't getting the notices um, you know they were going to the wrong address and things like that but also let if you owe this small amount of money and they sell your property it, you had these counties in Michigan where they'd owe a couple hundred dollars they'd sell the property and they'd make you know twenty five fifty thousand dollars on it and the county would keep all that money and not give it back to the person absolutely and we here at the Mackinac Center have joined with the Pacific Legal Foundation, a national group, and we are currently representing someone in Wayne County. Uh, she owed $500 in tax interest and penalty, and her property was foreclosed on and sold for over $100,000. So oh my goodness. An, an enormous profit for Wayne County. 
And terrible incentives. I mean, like yeah, a absolutely. lot of incentives to just have very strict in order to get the property from from people. Um, almost a substitute for for eminent domain, which we we we'd kind of tightened up. Right, and uh, then just last this summer, excuse me, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court handed down a case called Tyler v. Hennepin. Uh, the Mackinac Center Legal Foundation had filed an amicus brief with the National Taxpayers Union Foundation in that one, where the U.S. Supreme Court held the same thing uh, under the U.S. Constitution, that going all the way back to the Magna Carta, people had a property right in the equity in their home. Now, the, quest, the, uh, the case that you just mentioned that was just handed down was sort of a tricky little twist. Uh, what governments had been doing is they foreclosed on the property, and then they, instead of selling it at a tax auction on the open market, uh, they would sell it to another government entity, like some sort of land bank, and they would sell it to them for a dollar or the amount of the tax debt, and therefore there was no surplus proceeds to mm -hmm. return to the homeowner. And the court, thankfully, said, no, that will not fly. There had been a federal case on that uh, that covered us in the Sixth Circuit, and then we just had this case in this in state of Michigan that was just handed down saying, no, you're going to have to calculate what that home was worth. And, of course, the local government will be able to charge the fees for the foreclosure and the administrative costs and whatnot. But you're going to have to pay the people the value of their property, the surplus value after all those costs. Yeah, I, I think that's going to. That's going to be the next battleground, by the way, is uh, you just know local governments are going to charge outrageous sums for the uh, process of selling things at tax auction. And so we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Michigan is, man, we're really a focal point on a couple of these issues lately. I mean, we've had federal court cases um, on this issue relating to property rights. We had one the other month. Um, last month we discussed on civil asset forfeiture mm -hmm. um, and you know, we have we have a new case on a, a Fourth Amendment drone case coming out for our, our Michigan Supreme Court. Um, I, you know, that's exciting in the one sense we get we get to cover it here in Michigan, but we must have some really loose laws if we have continual cases going to the to federal court where where they're overruling the the government and particularly here in Wayne County. Well, yeah, and I, I don't know to the extent so that it goes to uh, how our laws are situated, but we got a lot of people fighting it, and that's one of the things the Mackinac Center does. Uh, I don't think a lot of people understand just how much the states are the battleground. Everyone pays great attention to what happens at the U.S. Supreme Court, as they should, but it's at the states where these things percolate up to the U.S. Supreme Court as well as to our own state court system. Piggybacking off uh, what Jared just said, Dirk, what, how widespread really has this problem been? I mean, yeah, Wayne County has had its fair share of issues, particularly regarding property taxes in the past and people paying or not paying them. And, of course, the city of Detroit overcharged people property tax by hundreds of millions of dollars for years. I got to imagine it was a lot of a big struggle for people back then, and a lot of homes were foreclosed on during that process. How how big of or why? I mean, these are just three cases, but how right. widespread of a problem really is this, do you think? Uh, it is definitely widespread. And there is, in fact, an ongoing class action lawsuit, which we are not a part of. Uh, and it covers I don't remember how many counties, but it is plenty of counties in Michigan. And I've heard through the grapevine that they are having to open uh, estates for people who had passed away and lost uh, their their estates had lost, their heirs had lost this home equity through this process. Mm. 
And I, and I also want to point out, when this was held, heard in the Supreme Court, we had amicus briefs from every side of the political aisle in support of ending this practice. It really does, as you might kind of expect, disproportionately affects the elderly and the poor because they're just kind of lost in the system. Uh, in the case that went to the U.S. Supreme Court, it was a woman who lost her condo while she was in a nursing home. She really wasn't in a well-situated in a position to take care of her affairs. And so it was just foreclosed and the and the local government kept the proceeds instead of her, her family getting it. So because it so disproportionately affects the uh, the poor and the elderly, pretty much everyone opposes this practice. I think the only people who support it are essentially the, uh, the organizations that represent local governments. Dirk, uh, fascinating. We'll continue to watch this. Of course, uh, you can find out more information on the Mackinac Center's website at Mackinac.org. Dirk Wilcox with the Legal Foundation, thanks for joining us. Thanks for letting me be here. Thanks. Of course, and we'll be back after a brief break with more of the Mackinac Michigan Show on WJR.